Good morning. Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, so it's we're going to keep it short. Uh, I'm not going to take a long time. But if you've been with us uh, these past few weeks, you will have known we have been going through the gospel, uh, the Christmas story through the gospel eyes of John. And so let me read to you this passage um, that we've been going through. Uh, and so let me start. This is John 1, 1. And it reads this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the light was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light and all that might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he whom I have said, he who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So, if you are with me last week, I was saying I wish I could give that passage the power that it needs. And I could get a little Hollywood help maybe to do that. And you know what? I found it. I found it. So if you would cue... This is the way I think I wish I could read this passage. All right, go uh, shoot it. This is the kind of background you need when you're doing this. Much, much better. Yeah. blends a little bit of Matthew and other ones in there so you know but uh, I thought they did a good job of you know Hollywood you know giving a little spruce little spring but but that that is the motion of this day um, 
And I know that uh, one of the things that we've been looking at this in just different, I said, you could keep digging into this passage and get more and more out of it. Um, And the thing I wanted to share today is what's found in this passage, especially in the parts where it talks about um, John and how John was not the light, but he was a witness of the light. Um, And so one of the things I know, and I know there are people in our church uh, you may be visiting today. You may be a regular attender. And you come because you like us. You love the fellowship. You love the community. You love the people. You enjoy the, you know, the place where you feel comfortable. You enjoy a place where people uh, accept you, care for you, uh, genuinely desire to know you better. Uh, but one of the things that I want to make sure that we don't as a church ever make the mistake of is to think that we are what people need uh, because we are not. What we pray for every Sunday before we host our services and invite people into our church is that not that they would meet us and see us and be impressed by us, but that they would meet Jesus, they would see Jesus, and they would, know, they would leave impacted by the life of Christ. And I think that's a temptation that anyone can get into. We can get to this place where we can say, you know, oh, I hope that I am somebody that people enjoy and like. I, I hope that I am winsome. I hope that I uh, can show off how good of a person God has made me. And churches can do the same thing. We can say that we want you, us, this place to be the place where you feel loved and cared for. But we can miss the point of saying that, wait a second, no, it's not us who makes anyone feel loved and cared for. It's the Christ in us. It's the God who has changed us. You know, I am one of these guys who came to faith uh, in my uh, late teens, right before, uh, while I was going to college. And, you know, and to see the difference, I wish, there's times where I wish could, people could see the difference of pre-Christ Mike and post-Christ Mike. Because if you like me, you wouldn't probably if you didn't, if you knew me then. Very different person. Transformed by the work of Christ. And I'm so grateful. And so I read this passage, and I think about that part where he says there was a man sent from God. And I would sit there and say, we've got to be careful to say that there was a church in Huntington Beach whose name was Beach Bible Church. They exist as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through them. They were not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. I want people to feel loved and appreciated and cared for in our congregation, for sure, absolutely. But I want them to know that that is because of Jesus and what he is doing here and through the people here. So that's what we pray for. The reason I bring that up is because what this passage brings up in John 1, 9 through 11, it says the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And then you hear these tragic words. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not know receive him. That to me is the most tragic thing that can happen. 
is for people to see something and not receive it. So, I don't know how you guys are. We've got our hiding places in our house for Christmas gifts. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Little tuck away places. And sometimes those hiding places are so good that they even hide from you who hid them. And so as we're, as we're putting stuff away this year, we're like, huh, look at this. You know, uh, where did this come from? Oh, well, you know, and it's wrapped, so we don't even know what it is, you know, but it, it, it's that gift that you find that you'd hidden so well that you didn't even give it to the person you intended it for last year. Um, it's fun, you know, I think there's a whole, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if you guys do the Christmas vacation thing, where right? there's that scene where he's in the attic pulling out, you know, the gifts that have dust on them. That, we did the same thing, and the reality is, is that it, that can be funny in terms of us, but, but think about that in terms of Christ. The reality is, is that sometimes Christ is the gift offered to people left unopened. Uh, maybe it was behind the Christmas tree and no one saw it. And it just got forgotten. Maybe it was tucked away in the garage and, and it was there, it was meant to be given, but the person didn't get it. I'm asking you today, and I'm going to try to be as clear as I can, is don't leave that gift unopened. The gift of Christ is truly the greatest gift known to man. And if I can tell you what this passage says about this gift, it says the things that we need. And one of them primarily being that that gift, the gift of Christ, is the gift of truth. He is the light that, and I'm sure you've heard these things, He's the light that shines on the path that lets us even see where we're going. He's the light that helps us navigate and gives us answers in this world. And if you're like me, you realize that truth is a hard thing to find today. You know, slogans that used to be trusted news source or something like that, you realize aren't really that trustworthy. It, you know, you can have a conversation with someone and they can say, I just have a different truth than you do, which doesn't make sense because truth is truth. You can, I mean, it's, it's, you realize that in our, in our world, there's so many different competing. We don't even use the word truth anymore. Now we use the words narratives. You know, like, well, what's your story? What's, well, my story is this, your story. We can have different stories. But in the end, people ultimately want truth. A story does not ever replace the power of truth to answer the questions that mean most. Am I loved? Does my life have meaning? Is there any purpose to what's going on around? Is there any hope in this world? Those questions have answers that are based in truth. I think sometimes when we're in a world, uh, can you imagine being in a world where there weren't any kind of navigation equipment. Let's say you're on an ocean in a boat, you know, and all you can see is just waves and water all around you. And you're trying to find your way to dry land. 
and you have no compass, you have no maps. If you've ever been in a situation, even like, you know, you can even be there on a foggy morning where you can sit there and say, I have no, no, no idea which way north, south, east, west are. You know, if you've ever been on the water, you know that feeling. You can look around, it looks all the same. And, and dry land could be literally a, a, you know, just beyond the horizon. But if you don't know which way you're going, you will not find it. It's like certain days when you can see Catalina as if it's like you could walk to Catalina or swim. Uh, and then there's other days where you're like, is there something there? You know, you're telling me there's an island out there? You know, I mean, that's how a world without some sort of sense of truth can look like. It can be right there, but you can't find it. And so Christ and his word is the truth by which he, God has given us because he's the one who can, because he's the author. He's the, he's the maker. He's the creator. He's the one who established what truth is in the first place. And he has given us his truth so that we can guide ourselves through this world. It's an incredible gift. I would challenge you, and every day I am impressed as well, to realize that this truth that was written thousands of years ago applies today just as much as it ever did. It's as if he knew, because he did, exactly what we'd be going through, exactly what we needed, exactly what we needed to hear, and God's truth proven over millennium, over generations, stands firm as a good guide, as the guide for us in life. Christ also came to give us life and glory. Many think uh, this world is it. This world is life. That this 70 years or so is kind of what life is about. That you... You grow up somewhere, you become a fan of certain teams because that's the city in which you grew up. You go to school, you get a job, you work so many years, you retire to Florida, and, and now you enjoy life. That, that's it. That was the extent of your life. Um, well, I'm going to tell you you were meant for more than that. You were meant to experience something called Glory. Now, glory is a really neat word. It's kind of hard to define because it's one of those words that you kind of have to know God in order to even understand what it means. Because it's only used of God. I, I tried to kind of think about it. If you think about what glory is meant to be, there's a sense of beauty, of awe, exaltation, royalty, wonder, all of that wrapped up into this one word that we use to describe God. It's, it, you get hints of it when you experience something breathtaking. Maybe, you know, one of our sunsets or the cloud, you know, this looks oh, beautiful. Hints of it. Maybe you get a hint of it when you feel the satisfaction of working really hard at something, and then it, you know, the results come, and you've succeeded in whatever it is, and you feel that momentary sense of victory, of, of like you, you feel like you accomplished something. There's a little bit of it there. It's, it's that 
moment, a little bit of a hint of it when you do something a little bit crazy. I don't know, maybe you go bungee jumping or something like that. And uh, and you're not afraid, you know, that rush of adrenaline and, and you come through it unscathed and just with that rush, there's a little hint of that feeling there. You hint a little bit of it when you, when you see something happen that you just didn't believe could happen. When you see a person who has been transformed by the gospel. When you see someone overcome an obstacle that they don't, you, that wasn't seemingly able to be overcome. When you see a moment where God does something in this world and you knew it had to be Him because there's no other logical explanation. God wants you to know that that is what life is. Many of us have maybe had a moment, a hint of it a few times in our lives. Can you imagine a life where that is the norm? Where you are in the presence of glory. That's the life God intended for you. That he wants you to experience. Finally, this gift of Christ that he wants us to receive is also a gift of grace. Because you can sit there and say, what is the cost, Mike, of, of this truth, of this life, of this glory that you are offering or saying God wants me to have? And I just love this passage when he, when he goes and he says, from his fullness, this is verse 16, from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Clearly there's something important there. What did Jesus do to give us this grace upon grace? And what is grace upon grace? I know it's going to seem simple, but it's a good memory tool. But if you've ever heard grace, the word G-R-A-C-E, and God's riches at Christ's expense... I know that's not the full picture, but it is a good way of just saying, it's true. What do I need to do in order to receive this grace? I just need to receive it. He doesn't ask me to do anything, pay anything, give anything other than just receive it. Now, it'll change me. It'll forever change me but in a way that only grace can. Not pride, not riches, not wealth, nothing. Of, when you have been moved by the fact that God loves you enough to give His Son for you, to give His most precious thing for you, you cannot be unchanged by that. That love changes us, but it is not something we deserve or earned to me grace is peace to know that i have a father in heaven who loves me who has accepted me no matter what i do on my good days on my bad days i am his and he treats me as a son it is a gift that paves the way 
to all the other good things that God has to offer us. Everything that God offers you is given to you out of grace. Not out of merit. Out of grace. So who would not want to receive this gift? Truth, life, glory, grace. That's the question I ask myself and I scratch my head. I don't know. But yet I know that that gift is left unopened far too often. And so today I just ask you simply, if you are here or listening to us, I ask you to receive the gift. Don't leave it unopened. Revelation 3.20 reads this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus speaking. Knocking on the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. That's his offer. All we must do is simply say, Come in. So if you want to today, I am asking, if you've been thinking about it, mulling it over, I ask you to say, just go open the door. Let him in. Tell him you're done trying to live life without him. Trying to do it on your own. Tell him that you trust him. And that you are willing to put your life in his hands. Exchange your life for the life that he wants to give you. Tell him you want nothing more. And this is how I started my journey. I want to know if you're real. I'll open that door and see if you really do walk through. I promise you he will. Let's pray. Lord, Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending your Son. I pray that people today who are hearing this and celebrating Christmas around the world, that people would know and receive your best. They would know that you are a good Father who only wants what's best for those he has made. There's nothing in it for you other than to be in relationship with those you love. I pray that people, as they seek to know you and know their best, they would seek and find that that is all in Christ. May people know how beautiful and wonderful is the gift of Christ. Please let the the lies fade away that people believe to think that somehow this is not a genuinely generous gift. Thank you this for your son on this Christmas day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.